welcome back to the Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read a page of the Wise Man's Fear and then we discuss it. Today's page is page 602. One was actually quite a bit larger than Dayton, a great bull of a man. They were older than I had expected, and their hands had the calluses that mark long years of working with weapons. These were not disgruntled farm boys. These were veterans. I've got their trail, Martin said, startling me. I hadn't heard the sound of him approaching over the low susurrus of the falling rain. It's clear as day. A drunk priest could follow it. There was a flicker of lightning across the sky and an accompanying grumble of thunder. The rain started to come down harder. I frowned and pulled the tinker's sodden cloak tighter around my shoulders. Martin tilted his head up and let the rain fall full on his face. I'm glad this weather is finally doing us some good, he said. The more it rains, the easier it'll be for us to sneak in and away from their camp. He wiped his hands on his dripping shirt and shrugged. Besides, it's not like we can get any wetter than we already are. You have a point, I said, standing. Tempe covered the bodies with the branches, and Martin led us away to the south. Martin knelt to examine something on the ground, and I took the opportunity to catch up with him. We're being followed, I said, not bothering to whisper it. They were at least 70 feet behind us, and the rain was rolling through the trees with a noise like waves against the shore. He nodded and pretended to point at something on the ground. I didn't think you'd seen them. I smiled and stripped water from my face with a wet hand. You're not the only one here with eyes. How many do you think there are? Two, maybe three. Tempe drew close to us. Two, he said with certainty in his voice. I only saw one, I admitted. How close are we to their camp? No guess. Could be over the next hill. Could be miles off. There are still just these two sets of tracks, and I can't smell any fires. He stood up and started to follow the trail again without looking back. I pushed a low branch aside as Tempe walked past and caught a glimpse of movement behind us that had nothing to do with wind or rain. Let's go over the next ridge and set a little trap. Sounds like the very thing, Martin agreed. Gesturing for us to wait, Martin crouched low and edged his way up to the end of the page. I'm Nick. I'm Jordana. And Jeremy has been carried off by the harpy people to become food for their nest. Oh, how terribly specific. Yeah, they're <laughs> probably going to devour pieces of him and then regurgitate them for their hatchlings. Okay, well, as long as one of those hatchlings is willing to be our third host, I guess it's fine. Well, it'll be some time before they're all grown up. And besides, I'm sure that they'll leave Jeremy alive in terrible agony as they take small pieces of his flesh over many weeks. So, uh, so maybe we'll we can get him, him back. for that time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Fantastic. So because we sort of already talked about this, we know that the people who are trailing them are not actually from the bandit camp. It's it's just Dayton and Hesby. That's true. But for the purposes of this page, we can talk about the rising tension. It does feel very tense if we didn't know it was Dayton and Hesby. That's I right. Agree. That's right. Very atmospheric rain moving in sheets and waves. I've Ooh, been in rain like that. Speaking of atmospheric, there is a fun word on this page that I understand the meaning of, but don't remember ever encountering before, which is low susurrus of fa- of the falling rain. Yes, a susurrus. Yeah. A susurrus is a sound like a murmur. I'm not sure if that's the dictionary definition, but that's the definition as I understand it. It's like a, a low, constant sound. It's a great word. It is. I like it. It's definitely a word that I need to think about adding to my vocabulary. I'm pretty sure I first encountered that during a game of dictionary. Uh, this might give you some some context about myself and, and my family. At family gatherings growing up, we used to play a game called Dictionary 
which I have since seen repackaged as Balderdash. And it's it's very silly that this has been packaged at all because it's a game that you only need pencils and papers and a dictionary to play. But the idea is one person looks up, like finds a word in the dictionary, an unusual word, and then reads it to everybody. And everybody has to submit false definitions for that word uh, while they write out the real definition. And the goal is to have other people guess your false definition while having them or while you are also guessing the correct definition. And I'm pretty sure that the word Susurus was a word that I encountered playing that game. So I have forever internalized Susurus as a valuable word to slip in here and there. And that is also uh, perhaps will tell you something about the people I come from. Well, you also like Jackbox games, right, Nick? Yeah, but who doesn't? Well, I'm just saying the new the new Jackbox game pack has a game in it that is a lot like Balderdash or Dictionary. It's called Blather Round, and it's very similar in that like you're trying to explain uh, like a person, place, or or thing, like a word, and other people are throwing out like their personal like, oh, it must be this thing. And then you say like, yes, no, it's not that thing. It is that thing kind of thing. I see. Well, I think what we can all agree on is that it's far better to pay for a game than, <laughs> than just it, pick up a dictionary. Exactly. Or just Although like invent a game that you can play with what you have lying around. When was the last time you paid for a dictionary? When was the last time you had a dictionary lying around in your apartment? Uh, that's a good point. My family growing up always had dictionary lying around. Yeah, no, same, same. I had a like I had a personal dictionary in my room. It was massive. And it had like those gold sided pages. It was really fancy. Yeah, I guess boomer houses boomer households would have had definitely our parents have dictionaries in their homes, but like we don't we have the internet. We don't need a dictionary in our home. (laughs) Okay, back to the actual page and not necessarily the words on it. Any any notes? I think I already talked about the tension. Martin seems in much better spirits to be working. He's still sick. I think we need to remember that he still has a nasty cold. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you'd think that someone who's sick with a cold wouldn't want to put their head full under the rain. But I guess there's no there's no getting out of the rain. We're reminded that he gave up. (laughs) Yeah. We're reminded that Quoth is wearing the threadbare cloak from the Tinker. He had to trade his nice warm cloak away. So this cloak he's got is uh, pretty crummy in the rain, I think. I mean, even a regular cloak in the rain, would it not still get soaked through after a couple of days? I guess so. And I wonder if, you know, you had a really nice cloak that you would treat properly, uh, like an oil skin or something. Or if you, if you, I don't know, if you had a canvas cloak that you waxed properly, maybe it wouldn't, uh, maybe it would repel the water. I don't know. I know. I imagine all of Quoth's cloaks to be like woolen. Yeah, same. So I feel like they wouldn't be like like wool is sort of water repellent to an extent. Yeah, but to be soaked through, that would be awful. That'd be worse yeah. than a threadbare. Oh, it would cloak. be so heavy. It would be yeah. stupid heavy. So maybe this is a blessing in disguise. Maybe we can crack potify this by saying that the tinker knew that his thick woolen cloak would be no good to him in this mm-hmm. rain. Uh, something that I think is interesting when it comes to like who, wh- how they're tracking. Martin says a drunk priest could follow the trail. Uh, and that's kind of like drunk, maybe not so specific, but why a priest? I think we've established that Martin has a dim view of the nobility and their proclivities. So maybe he's thinking, he's saying that priests can't do much, or at least like priests are, aren't outdoorsy. Even if it doesn't say, even if he's not like, 
specifically prejudiced against priests. I think it's reasonable to suggest assume that a priest would stay inside a building. (laughs) Yeah, that a priest wouldn't be an outdoorsy type. Yeah. Okay. Fair. That makes sense. I was thinking drunk priest because like monks used to make beer in the real world, and we did have like some premise for that earlier on. I think. I'm sure there were still drunken priests around. I'm sure there are still priests, especially in this uh, in this book, who are passing the time by getting into the sacramental wine, shall we say. <laughs> reasonable. All reasonable. Okay, I am out of things. Any mail? Yeah, maybe we should hold off on the mail till Jeremy gets back, just, you know, so that we can all weigh in on the various thoughts and whatnot that we have from our listeners. I suppose that's reasonable. Yes, we can do a new segment. Okay, I'm ready. You got an idea? No, I was hoping you would have an idea. Oh, oh, you're expecting me to come up with something. Uh, No, I don't. How about this segment is called We Don't Know. We'll see you tomorrow. Okay, in this segment, we don't know, and we'll see you tomorrow on another page of the (laughs) wind.